Welcome to LOL You're Gay, a gay comedy podcast with Adam Myatt and Lisa Buchanan. Hey, Lisa. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Not too bad. How's your week going? My week has been... It's September, so it's busy, and I don't know why this keeps happening, because yeah. I'm not a student anymore. Right. But I've landed at a workplace where September is one of the busy seasons, mm-hmm. and I've also got stuff going on outside of work that's keeping me occupied, mm. and I don't mind it. It's just an adjustment, because I had yeah. a I had a busy summer, but in a different way, not in a, I have to get all of these tasks accomplished. I had a busy summer of, like fun activities and yeah. doing what I wanted to do. And this is a shift to mm. mostly fun stuff, but more like responsibility stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. September is really busy at work for me too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why it ends up being that way, but I think it's often because like I work in museums and stuff and like, mm-hmm. it's kind of, it both picks up and slows down. Like there's like a different crowd of people coming in, but mm. it, like our new projects are starting. So it's like kind of, Oh, I'm like tired and kind of like maybe half sick and working and yeah, like we're doing a bunch of stuff in the evening. Yeah. Just all seems to happen at once. Yeah. Did you do any back to school shopping for yourself? I didn't. No. But I was reading a newsletter that a friend of mine sends around for her um, artistic endeavors and her business. Um, and she was saying that. She said Happy New Year in the email for September because she still thinks of spent so many years right. in school that he in regular school and or I don't know what you call it <laughs> secondary school Put, elementary oh, like, secondary and then right like many junior, years junior of post secondary yeah. Yeah, yeah spent some people spend a lot a lot of years in school mm-hmm. um, and she's confessed to um, buying herself school supplies mm. every September even though she doesn't go back to school right. anymore but it's kind of cozy it is I love school shop do you know what one of my favorite lines but in one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. uh, the movie being you've got mail right um, is in one of when they're narrating their emails back and forth to one another in one of them Meg Ryan says I love New York in the fall it makes me want to buy bouquets of sharpened pencils <laughs> and the first time I ever heard that it's I've never, I hadn't ever been to New York at that point, but it was just like the fall and school yeah. and the, the smell of a newly sharpened pen. Just one newly sharpened pencil is mm-hmm. delightful to me and like a wonderful sense memory. Um, but a whole bunch of them would be great. I'll note that for gift ideas for the future. <laughs> <laughs> and I also just love stationery because I'm a nerd. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really, I haven't done much either. Um, I bought it like a, maybe a notebook or two, but I really want to go and get Hillroy just released a line of like all black, like matte black, classic Hillroy notebooks and stuff. But they're just like all black. Are they coiled or stapled? I think they have like both. I think that like their whole oh. line, they released like a, a like all black line. So it it's like very artistic of them. Yeah. Like, the it, yeah, it's very strange. The like cover is like a matte black, and then the graphic is like a gloss black. Yes, it's pretty I can slick. Picture it. So I need to I need to hit up Staples sometime soon. Yeah, not a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, hint hint. Staples. Nor is Hillroy. You want to? Yeah, dear Hillroy, you want to send us some matte black uh, notebooks? We'll uh, talk about you again. Yeah. So so no back to school, not really. No, it's sadly, just kind of, but yeah. 
we live uh, in a city that is uh, yes very much a post secondary hub. I would mm-hmm. call it. Unfortunately, we have a lot of sometimes. we have a lot of universities <laughs> and colleges here. So uh, the way I always describe it, and I'm I'm not as uh, subject to it now that I live. Well, I've lived in Dartmouth for many years at this point, but um, because of that, I don't see it the instant it happens. But when I was living on the Halifax side of the harbor, mm-hmm. the way I always explained it to people is that on that weekend, when they all come back, it's like somebody flips a switch and the students turned on. Yeah. It's instantaneous. Yeah. It's the, it's the worst weekend of the year. <laughs> Basically, because they're all... Some of them are returning, but there's a whole cohort of new undergraduates who yeah. are arriving and they have no idea what's going on. And their parents <laughs> no. have never been here either because no. they're from Oakville, Ontario. <laughs> they're, they're all from Oakville. Well, at least when I was at Dal, yeah. it was like two-thirds of the girls in my dorm. Right. It, because our names and our our hometowns were on our doors right. in the dorm. If you walked up and down the halls, you're like, two-thirds of my neighbors are from Oakville, Ontario. How right. big is that place? <laughs> And who still lives there if all of their children have come to Halifax? I don't think I've ever been there before. I've never been to Oakville. No. I uh, yeah, we we went to Starbucks yesterday, mm-hmm. and that was when I realized the students were back yeah. because it was a brand new Starbucks that I had been going. Like they just opened. Mm-hmm. I've been going for like a few weeks and enjoying it. And I was like, "Ooh, my nice new Starbucks! It's huge. There's lots of tables. It's always dead." I was like, yeah. "This is perfect for me." And then we went, and it was packed. It was busy, and I didn't understand what was happening. And you're like, "It's the students." Yeah, I was like, "Oh my god, you're right. It's the students. My perfect haven has been destroyed." Yeah. By them. Yeah, and this particular Starbucks is mere blocks from the largest university campus in the city and across the street from a an apartment a tall apartment building yeah. in a neighborhood that is full of students. So it's gonna be like that until Christmas. <laughs> I'm heading back to the Hydrostone. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, we'll be quieter there, a little yeah. bit further afield. Um mm-hmm. the undergrads don't find their way that far north for at least the first couple of years. No. No, they don't, they don't know it's there until no. later on. Yeah. And then by that point, I, they're like, it's a fine. It's fine to sit around. Yeah. I don't mind so much. Yeah. Yeah, I find the, the Starbucks we were in the other day, it's like mostly just like teenagers on Tinder sitting in Starbucks. And I'm like, I'm trying to write. I'm trying to do some work. Like, yeah. <laughs> so there, I, I have mixed, uh, sort of mixed feelings about it because you're probably right that they're not doing work. But- the the wannabe still academic in me mm-hmm. kind of wants to be around that energy of the back to school right. and like I have to read this book by this day and like I kind of like that energy but then the closer you look at their laptop screens mm-hmm. the you realize oh they're not doing their homework yeah that's why I go to that's why I go in public to work though like I can work at home yeah but I go in public to work because I feel social pressure to work. Ditto. Like if I sit there on Facebook or whatever the relevant thing is for young people now. Um, uh, Probably something we haven't even heard of. We're Facebook, that old. Yeah, Facebook's yeah. essentially a retirement home now. Yeah. Um, whatever it is, I'm not going to, I don't, I don't, I feel self-conscious when I have it up. And I, even if I'm doing anything, I open some PDF, like some PDF of something or a Word document. <laughs> yeah. Like it has to be text and not. It, it just has to be text on my screen. Yes. Even if I'm doing nothing. Yeah. Which is most of the time. 
I'm much more productive in public. I contemplate. I had to get some work done for a like sort of side gig this afternoon, and took uh, the afternoon off of work to get mm. that other work done. Um, and I had kind of thought, oh yeah, I'll I should go to a coffee shop. I hadn't decided which one. Yeah. Um, but then just because of the timing of coming here and having to eat dinner and the bridge and the traffic and blah, 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 just life in Halifax, I decided to work at home. And I did manage to get done what I wanted to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's just not the same feeling as being no in that, I don't know what it is. I'm sure there's research about this. Yeah. About the, the coffee shop effect. <laughs> um, but there's, yeah, there's something about that collective like we're all maybe working or trying to work well you're there for a purpose yeah as opposed to it when you're at home when like i just i can't find any motivation at home yeah i have a tv i have several internet television type subscriptions (laughs) (laughs) i technically have books yeah like there's a lot of stuff that i could be doing a lot of distractions yeah yeah that i feel less inclined to do when i'm out in the world Speaking of um, homework and school and doing yes. stuff, um, it's this is kind of a segue. It's a good segue. <laughs> uh, it's going to work. We had a conversation recently. Yeah, just after we recorded the last episode. Just after the last episode. And this is kind of both because we were talking about TV and homework. Yes. So it kind of merges. Um, we were talking about, uh, I had recently DVR'd. Uh, a bunch of Hollywood squares because uh, I can't let go of the past. And um, why would you want to? Why would you want it to? It was better the, then. It was better than now. <laughs> um, and uh, so I t- we had talked about how I like had thought about my dream Hollywood squares cast, like if it had been rebooted now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about it. And then you said you were going to go home and put yours together. So we actually both have our dream Hollywood squares cast yes i gave myself a homework assignment do you want to maybe for those of people who listening who don't know what hollywood squares is i think yeah i think that's a polite thing to do yeah once um i thought of this recently for the same reason i was in a group of people talking about movies and asking what what were people's favorite movie Mm -hmm. and one person brought up i can't remember which one it was and said like Oh, I guess, do I have to explain what the plot is? And it reminded me, as did what you just said, (laughs) that when I was in first year undergrad, um, speaking of undergrads, um, (laughs) it's all connected. Um, I took a film class and for a seminar presentation, I was doing a talk about The Wizard of Oz. Right. Which is probably, if I was forced to choose, my favorite movie ever. Mm -hmm. I've watched it so many times. So at the beginning of my presentation, I I said out loud, I probably don't have to explain the plot of The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I made an assumption. Right. And the prof called me on it and said, actually, no, you shouldn't assume that everybody has seen The Wizard of Oz. And that was, I mean, in my little 18-year-old brain was like, who hasn't seen <laughs> The Wizard of Oz? Where, like... How could that possibly have happened? But there Mm -hmm. was one of the guys in the class, and there wasn't a requirement to have watched the film, I guess, before this seminar. Mm -hmm. He actually hadn't seen it. Mm -hmm. So then just off the top of my head, I had to explain (laughs) this movie. Well, there's this, like, lion. There's this, like, scarecrow. Yeah. It it doesn't. And it's a dream, or is it? Or is it? 
uh, there's a twister and all this sort of there's a curtain there's like uh, yeah don't worry about so it so i gave a terrible <laughs> summary of my favorite movie to this right. group of people um so yes let us not assume that right. all of our listeners were watching evening game show uh, game shows in the 90s or even decades before that the show has been around it's been around for a while for a while but it's been rebooted we watched the on 90s and off iteration of it yeah yeah the 90s uh, Hollywood Squares is my Hollywood Squares. Yeah. Um, so Hollywood Squares is a TV game show uh, from across time. <laughs> um, it, the one I know is the 90s. Uh, it was hosted by Tom Bergeron, mm-hmm. who also hosted America's Funniest Home Videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was kind of co-starred with Whoopi Goldberg. She was the center square. And how the game worked was essentially it was tic-tac-toe. Uh, it was celebrity tic-tac-toe, basically. Yeah. And so there's two contestants, and they would pick celebrities, and they asked trivia questions, and if they got it right, they got the square. If they didn't, they got it. The other person got it, and they had to like get a line or whatever. Yeah, that's basically the premise. But every episode would be different celebrities, relevant at the time. Many now, I'm like, who are these people? Yeah. But at the time, they were like big names. Yeah, and the thing that I find particularly amusing about oh, there's lots that's amusing about Hollywood Squares, but the thing that when I think about it, it sort of amazes me is the set for that show Yeah, that they built. It's hard to explain it with in an audio medium, but they built a structure, yeah. a, a three by three square structure. And then presumably there's a system of steps or ladders there at is. the back. There are spiral staircases on the side. Spirals? Oh, I love a spiral if, staircase. If that you, makes me so happy. If you look careful, you can see them. They're there. Wonderful. So yeah. these celebrities, I just love the the idea of yeah. Penn and Teller clambering yeah. <laughs> up the stairs to get to the top center square because yeah. this is at least three people tall. It's big. It's got to be big. It's got to be huge. I really want to see it in person. <laughs> I wonder where it is now. I wonder oh, whatever happened to it. Oh, it's probably in a in storage somewhere. I, can, I hope maybe, so. I hope they didn't disassemble it. But you know, there's a great. SNL, I think it's a great SNL sketch. It made me laugh when I was a teenager, so who knows? It might have been terrible. They do a, they did a sketch on SNL in the late 90s, mm-hmm. the premise of which was it's Hollywood Squares, but in the middle of the game, the structure collapsed. <laughs> I got to go and watch that. I hope you can find it somewhere. It's hard to find old SNL stuff online, yeah. but um, I might have it somewhere on a VHS. I'll, right. I'll make a mental note to try and find it. But... I can't remember which actor it was playing Gilbert Gottfried, who's mm. a regular uh, uh, performer on the one of my favorites the, the show at that time. And as a result of that, the only impersonation I can really do of Gilbert Gottfried is of this person's impersonation right. of Gilbert Gottfried, <laughs> saying, "I'm holding my intestines in my hands." <laughs> Because he's on the bottom of the structure, and he's been crushed by the squares. Anyway, it was a good it was a good sketch at the time. I thought, and yeah, that's really great. that that line in particular has stuck with me for probably I don't know, fifteen twenty years at this point. That's incredible. He he's actually this the center of um, uh, my favorite Hollywood Squares episode. Um, it was an episode where. Um, they had kind of stalemated each other, and so there was no lines. Yes, I watched this on your recommendation a while back. <laughs> and the last square is Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah. And 
Uh, they keep getting it wrong. Each they keep going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. They hadn't and... finished a single. Not Normally, a single... in a in an episode of Hollywood Squares, they do several rounds, like three or four rounds. Yeah, it was the first round, and they kept getting it wrong, kept getting. It wrong. But it, it is this like, it just gets so funny. Yeah, because and then. Earlier in the episode, Penn and Teller, um, I guess Penn Teller doesn't say much, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Penn had was said some called someone said you fool when they agreed with something that didn't make any sense. Yeah, and then Gilbert Godfrey took that saying and then said it every time the person got the question wrong, and it becomes this absurdist because <laughs> he can't. He's stuck. He's the only one they can call yeah. on, and I don't really. I I want to know more after having watched that recently when you mm-hmm. told me about it um i want to know more about how the celebrities prepare or are prepared for yeah. the show because he would have gotten i don't know how many ran, uh, questions he was asked and mm-hmm. had to answer either truthfully or not and it got me wondering whether they knew in advance some or all of the questions and were able to right. prepare their right or wrong answers because he knew when he was right or wrong Mm -hmm. because he would preempt Bergeron with, you fool. (laughs) And that, yeah, that got me wondering about just the sort of behind the scenes mechanics of how Hollywood Squares worked, which is, I would love to look. Not the best use of my brain power, but it's... There's worse uses. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. Well, do you want to give your first, do you want to go back and forth You'll do one. I'll do one. I think that's a good idea. I think that's kind of fun. Do you want to go around the periphery and then end on the center square? That seems sure. appropriate. Great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that. So who's your first Who's your first square? Okay, I'll go top left to begin. Okay. Uh, I've got Jen Kirkman. Amazing. I listen to her podcast every week, and she just is a delight. And I think that she would have a good snarky answers mm, for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's someone. Oh, there was someone on an episode I just watched that remind that kind of reminds me of her a little bit. I'll have to think about it and come back because I can't remember who it was. But either way, my first uh, square is Michelle Visage. Uh, she's <laughs> for those of you who don't know who that is. It's one of the judges on RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, she's a very animated person. She's mm-hmm. a very funny character, and I think she would really camp that show up. Yeah. Um. What, and one of the things I love about Hollywood Squares is like there are so many gay people on that show. That's true. Bruce Valanche is a staple. He, he's on it all yeah. the time. And I think he was often, if Whoopi was off, he would sub in as Center yeah. Square sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, just by virtue of his presence, it's mm-hmm. a very gay show. Yeah. And so I wanted to bring a little more to that. So I thought yeah. Michelle Visage. And also I'm very proud of myself because I pronounced her name correctly twice. I can't say her name. Every time I try to say it, it's Michelle and now I can't say it wrong. Yeah. But I it's all I, it, it's a mess every time I try to do it. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh my next one. This was I I will also preface this the rest of this conversation by saying this was really hard to do it's hard to narrow it down it was so hard to narrow it down and i was trying not to get too in my head about like representation and if i was really designing the show that would definitely be a consideration Mm -hmm. but i wanted to do it just kind of off the top of my head yeah gut feeling who would i put and then i made a few little adjustments after the fact so that's that was my strategy right and i took this very seriously (laughs) Um, next one, uh, my top center square is Billy Eichner. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, He's so quick, that's right? That's really good. 
That's a that's good. You're good at this. We should. <laughs> I wish we could. We should reproduce this Hollywood show. Squares. I think oh my god. Established. My next one is it's Gilbert Godfrey. Um, I. And maybe I'm saying it's Gottfried, maybe. It's spelled Gottfried, which I didn't know. It's G-O-T-T-F-R-I-E-D. Yeah. He's on mine later on. Right. Um, um, that's why I looked up the spelling. I always thought it was Gottfried, Yeah. it's spelled Gottfried. I think, I think it's Gottfried. pronounced Gottfried. I, yeah, they do. Either way, he's, again, another, he's one of, he's like one of my, I think he's one of two staples I have on my list that are just like, I, I love them and like they made the show hilarious for me, so I got to have them. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. And while we're on the topic, we should also recommend a recent episode of our one of our mutually favorite podcasts, right. Dr. Game Show. Yeah, Dr. Game Show. It's such a good show, which it was your laugh of the week on our very first episode, you may True. recall. Um, just a couple of months ago, Gilbert Gottfried was on the show with his two young children yep. who are hilarious. It was so funny. It was, it was one episode. of the funniest episodes of that show, which is saying something because yeah. they're all amusing. But Wow. That, it's so good. It's a funny family. Can yeah. you imagine having dinner with them? <laughs> I, oh. It's my turn now. Correct? It's your turn. My top right square is Paul F. Tompkins. Yes. Oh, you. Oh, you're getting. You're hitting all the notes that I missed. <laughs> oh yeah. I. Oh, I love that. Oh, he'd be so good, and he and would he, love it. I think he would love oh, it. Oh, he would love it. And he's smart. So, so he smart. Would sometimes know the answer to these yeah. questions. And so quick. Very quick. Oh, great! And pa- sharp dresser. Paul F. Tompkins, for those of you who don't know, is like a is a comedian. He's an improver. He has he has other amazing. He has a podcast called Spontaneous Nations, which mm-hmm. is so funny. Um, yeah, go check that out. Yes, so good. My next one is Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see Cardi B uh, on that show. I think she would have such a fun time. Yes, and it would just be like. I just wanted a really fun cast. I mean, that's the whole point of the show. Yep. Um, but I think she'd be a great time. I think so, too. And be really good at the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who's your next one? My next one, center left, is Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara. SCTV, Best in Show. Right, Shit's right, Creek. right. Yeah. To me, she is... I don't, it, I don't like saying funniest person in the world, because that's like, <laughs> how do you even narrow it down? There's too many funny people, but... Mm. Um, one of the funniest, naturally funny people right. um, in the world. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Good one. And also very quick. And yeah, has she's a character. That's the thing, because like I, there was other people that I had thought of when I was doing this, but I'm like, it they don't fit into this yeah template as well as like the, these people do. These people yeah. would really fit nice and snug. Mm-hmm. My my next one's Steve Carell. Oh. I really love Steve Carell. I've, I'm really charmed by Steve Carell. Yeah. And I mean, I'm obviously like, I grew up obsessed with The Office. And I just think he's a, I, I think he's like, he's the one you kind of put like um, center right, mm-hmm. maybe. They don't get called a lot. They get called once or twice. They don't really <laughs> ever make a line anywhere. But now they're just kind of nice that they're there. I yes. kind of, I'm kind of into it. So that's what good. I was kind of thinking. Well, and he's also a gifted comedian. True. That's also true. (laughs) (laughs) My bottom left, sorry, no, I'm on center right at this point, is Maya Rudolph. Oh, yeah. I think she is an underappreciated member of that era of the SNL cast. Oh, totally. Because everybody was so good at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And she, I probably originally wrote Tina Fey 
Right. But then when I thought more about it, I remembered that Maya Rudolph did this, and I didn't get to see any of it. She and Martin Short did a variety show together a couple of years ago. Oh, wow. For NBC. And I really wanted it to take off and be a regular thing because variety shows are a lost art. <laughs> to make a very grand statement. <laughs> yeah, hey, I hey, we're, I, I love a grand statement. And the two of them have the, like, the variety, well, <laughs> the... <laughs> Myriad talents right. required of a variety show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music, the comedy, the dancing, the blah, 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 the banter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that remind, remembering that made me think, I feel like Maya Rudolph of that whole, I wanted an SNL person in here somewhere. Yeah. That she would have the greatest appreciation for a TV game show. Mm-hmm. And so that's why she is. Yeah. I love that. In my squares. My next person is uh, Guy Fieri. <laughs> I think it's Fieri if you ask snooty people. Oh, okay. I don't understand. Guy Fieri. Um, this is, an, this so- is a controversial <laughs> choice, Adam. He's a polarizing figure. I So I obviously go into Guy Fieri like wanting to not like him. Yeah. Because I just, there's a lot to, to not like on the surface. Mm-hmm. But I think he's a really tender person, mm. and he's, you know what? Any like fat person that wants to like talk about big burgers, the more power to you. And mm-hmm. I think he'd be really funny on the show. Yeah, and he's kind of like a like a. It doesn't necessarily fit the the same category as a lot of the other people. So I wanted to throw a little curveball, a little Food Network curveball. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> I think that's an interesting choice. I. Have definitely watched diners, drive-ins, and dives, and seen him on various Food Network programming. I don't understand why people dislike him so much. I don't get the hate. I yeah, it, uh, I don't I, have strong feelings toward him in either direction. No. Um, but I don't know. Is it the hair? Is it the car? I I can't figure the sunglasses. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I've just like I've heard I've read little stories about like him like doing. Like, just, like, really cool charitable stuff mm. with, like, no public... Like, people don't really know about it. I mean, I'm obviously reading a story about it, so, like, someone knows about it. Yeah. But, like, I've just heard enough things that, like, he just seems kind of chill. Mm. And so I'm kind of, like, I don't know. I'm, I'll give him a chance. Yeah. I'll, I'll roll the dice. Sure. I'll roll the dice on Guy. I like it. My bottom left square is Gilbert Gottfried, who we, we have discussed. Because he is... Yes. To me, a staple. And I wouldn't want it... The show without him. So you're a bottom left. I'm a bottom left. So it means you have point. two more. Two more and then center. Okay, yep. perfect. Yeah, I'm making, I thought for a second I was like, did I put too many people on my list? <laughs> um, my bottom left. My my bottom left is Rihanna. <laughs> I think again. I just want to see her like reclining in her square, just like giving really funny like answers and just like having a fun time. Yeah. I think it would be really great. I feel like I don't. Have a sense of Rihanna, right? As a person, I don't think I've seen her on talk shows and things like that. So I'd be fascinated to. Yeah, I've seen enough. Like I've I've seen. I mean, I've I've been a big Rihanna fun fan, fun uh, Rihanna, Rihanna fan for a long time, and 
Uh, yeah, she's just like again the 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 list of people I wrote is basically just a bunch of people I think are really chill. Yeah, and uh, I would want to hang out with afterwards the show after the show shoots. So yeah, she made the list. Very good. My bottom center square is Margaret Cho. Oh yeah, mm. nice. <gasps> I'm gonna go see Margaret Cho in like two weeks. Oh, exciting! So I saw excited. her la- last year when I was in LA as a surprise. I, love I didn't that. know she was going to be at the show I was at. I love and then that she so was much. there. It's incredible. She's so funny. Yeah. She's one of those people who well we were ta- when we were at Starbucks last night we were talking about comedy albums that we've kind of listened to over and over and memorized. Her name didn't come up, but she's definitely one where a couple mm. of her albums yeah. I listen to them over and over and over and I have the bits. I would recite the bits to mm. my mother. Yeah. There's one about her having some uh, kidney stones mm-hmm. and going to the doctor, and it's just it's too much. I won't repeat it here because it's a little <laughs> bit. We'll go for well, after this episode. Wouldn't give us a clean rating necessarily. I don't. Right. Think. Well, she doesn't use she uses scientific language. It's just I have listened. I haven't listened to it in a long time, and I wouldn't do it justice. Right. To be quite honest, at this point. Fair enough. So seek it out. My uh, my bottom center square is Zach Galifianakis. Oh, nice. Um, I love Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. Um, he's probably my second favorite comedian, like right after Maria Bamford. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean they they like came up at the same time and they like you know the same circles and yeah. um, I oh speaking of that, why is Maria Bamford on my list? She's not on the list. I don't know how that happened. Oh. Um, I think she'd also be great. I think she would love a game show. I she th- probably. Oh, she would love a game show. Oh, I wish I'd put her on. I'm so sorry, Maria, if you're listening. You. We do have that listener in Duluth. Exactly. She may be listening. If that was you, I, oh my God, if I've blown my shot, I apologize profusely. But back to, back to Zach. I just, I, I admire him so much as a, as, as like a person, as a person, as a comedian, um, and as someone, yeah, someone I look up to mm-hmm. for our art practice, which is... Which is this, which is making a podcast about Hollywood Square. So um, anyway, Zach, you're in the center on the bottom. Lovely. My bottom right square is Aparna Nancharla. Yes. She's so clever. She would love this show. I think so. That's incredible. Yeah. Have you seen her perform? Not live. She's excellent. She came here. She's been here twice. I know. I saw her the first time she was here. Right. Um, when I think it was how Pop Explosion maybe was organizing it. Mm-hmm. And it was, I may have talked about this before on the podcast. Cameron Esposito and Rhea Butcher were supposed to come. They canceled, not at the last minute by any means. It was weeks in advance. And they were replaced by Sarah Schaefer and Aparna Nancharla headlined. And that was the first time I had ever heard of her. Yeah. Let alone seen her. And the, both of them were, were very, very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been back since. Um, but she's got, she's on the, one of those Netflix ones where it's a I think short. It's the, the stand-ups. Comedi- the stand-ups. Yeah. yeah. I've watched that many times. It's, I can't, I don't know how many times I've watched it. I, 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 don't, I haven't watched the other ones really, but I've watched hers, hers. a bunch of times because <laughs> yeah. it's so good. Yeah. I, yeah, she's super duper talented. Yeah, I'm she, so bummed I didn't see her when she was here. Like I did, like it was the same thing. I didn't know, I didn't recognize the name. Yeah, and Pop Explosion. I just kind of, it. I never know. It's I forget it's happening, and then it's over before I remember to buy yeah. tickets to anything. 
Yeah. So I, yeah. So at a busy time of year. It's an early exactly, like yeah. September, October. Yeah. You think the summer's busy and then September and October hit in this city? I it's don't killer. know if it's the same elsewhere, but man, there are a lot of things happening. We were all just waiting for it to cool down a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, my bottom right is Caroline Ray. Oh, of course. Caroline Ray, who was a- She was a regular. She was a staple of- There was. I will go and turn my DVR on and put an episode of Hollywood Squares on and be like, oh, I've seen this one before because <laughs> she pops up first. And I th- I'm like, I recognize that outfit she's wearing, which is like, I I don't remember <laughs> like my birthday most years. Like I forget it's coming, <laughs> but I know what she wore. I, like, I'm like, oh, I know I've seen this episode because I've seen that top before. Anyway, that I just okay. Anyway, um, but she like I was a huge Sabrina fan when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and so like when I was watch, so I got to like see more of her, and like I just I just loved her when I was a kid, and um and yeah, so I like she has to come back. Oh, and um I so when I had initially did this, I tweeted out yes. my list, and I like tagged all everybody. Yeah, and Caroline Ray was the only person who liked it. Wonderful, and I'm like, she. I mean, she would love, I'm sure, (laughs) to reboot this show. Yeah, maybe one day. Maybe one day, Caroline. Delight. Um, my high school best friend and I were also big fans of hers. Mm -hmm. Um, on Sabrina and elsewhere, and she did. It must have been on Just for Laughs when they air the recordings on CBC or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was CTV at the time. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, but she had this bit that I will never forget because it was so relatable to me, um, which good comedy is, um, about her mother leaving voicemail messages for her. Yep. And in a very similar way to what my mother does. So she she starts it off by, because this was back in the olden days when you could you had an actual machine in your home mm-hmm. that had a tape in it and a speaker and all this uh, right. rigmarole. So if you were in the house and you let the voicemail c- turn on, you could hear the person live leaving the message. Right. So anyway, either that was the occasion or she came home and listened to this on the tape. And it's just, Carol? C- Carol? <laughs> Carol, are you there? Well, I guess you're not home. Because people would do that assuming that others were screening their calls. I'm explaining this for the millennials uh, <laughs> who are listening who don't understand what voice or answering machines right. were. Um, but then the part that I really loved, because it is what my mother and father both do, was, well, maybe you're out for dinner <laughs> with with Janice. Um yeah, I think you did say you were going to be out on Thursday evening, so that's probably why you're not picking up the phone. <laughs> My mother does that. Yeah. All the time when she leaves messages. Yeah. Starts guessing where I am as if I don't know <laughs> where I am, and I just love it. God bless Moms. her. Moms. <laughs> Moms. <laughs> Endless source of stand-up material. I've never actually made a joke about my mother. Uh, stand upset, I don't think, but uh, I'm sure that day will come. Yeah, I kind of have one, but it's it's just about moms generally. It's yeah. not really about mine. Yeah. Uh, so it comes to the magical oh, moment. Yes. I think center square. Center square. Who's yours? Louis Anderson. Oh, so tender. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Oh, he's such a delight. Uh, I just read his book. Right. His new book. He has multiple books. Um. 
this one is called Hey Mom, and it's uh, the subtitle of it is uh, Letters for My Mom, or Notes for My Mom, possibly, but you can read them too. Right. Um, it has such a great sense of its audience, mm-hmm. or he do, he has such a great sense of his audience, because it is definitely, he definitely is writing these things with his mother in mind, but at the same time, when I'm reading them as not his mother, mm-hmm. I feel like he's writing it to me too. Right. And he made, he asks, it was just such a lovely read, because he asks some really big questions, rhetorically, mm-hmm. And doesn't pretend like he has the answer, or that if his mother was alive and able to answer, that she would know how to answer these questions. It's, he's, it's like kind of a journal sort of approach, but he's right. he's reflecting on life and big stuff and little stuff. And yeah, that's on my short list of like things I need to get going soon. Reading that book. Yeah, yeah, it, I highly recommend it. And I saw him. So speaking of the Margaret Cho thing, that was the show where I saw her was. Right. When I was in L.A. last year, he was doing these monthly shows at Largo called um, Dear Dad mm-hmm. because he was working his, – one of his other books that came out, um, I think, in the 90s, it's called Dear Dad, and it's letters to his father that mm-hmm. he wrote after his father passed away um, kind of as a way to process the relationship that he had, which was difficult. His father was an alcoholic and um, not a great guy sometimes. Um, so he was working on – adapting that book into a one-man show right but it was a stand-up show at the same time so there were uh gabe liebman who's another uh a great new comic who i like a lot and another guy opened and then unknown unbeknownst to me because they hadn't announced who the openers were Mm. on the tickets or anything i just bought i'm just like oh this might just be louis anderson i didn't even know what the show was going to be Mm And then Margaret Cho came out, and right. I was right in the front row, and I didn't know what was going to happen, and I love her so much, and oh, I was that. so excited. And then he did a lovely, like, he did a sort of typical stand-up set, mm-hmm. maybe 20 minutes or so, um, and just kind of sat. They did this very simple set where he was sitting in a an easy chair, and there was a little side table and a little lamp, like kind of a little living room set up, quite cozy, mm. as you would say. I love that. And uh, he read excerpts from the book and he just kind of like just talked to the audience about stuff and i was at one point in tears laughing at just these he he can make the simplest observation gut bustingly funny Hmm. he was talking about how when he sits down his pants ride up at the bottom but his socks aren't long enough so people see his legs right his bare leg Mm mm-hmm and that he just can't find his socks are too short or his legs are too big and that's always going to happen and he doesn't know what to do about it and <laughs> when i'm talking about it now it's like i can't i can't make that funny yeah. but something about the way he observed this fact about himself mm-hmm. and other people's observation of it was i i, I was doubled over laughing that. at him i love he, when people can do that yeah He's a very, very talented guy. And it, he, he, I listened to a few good interviews with him on different podcasts. Um, but it's interesting that he was told early on, if you have a clean act, you're going to be huge. Right. And that's been his main, his main approach has been to have a, a clean act. But he also does a non-clean 
version of his stand-up, mm-hmm. different stories and stuff, less often, I think, and it's right. not what he's known for. Um, but it was neat to find out that he's got these two sides of his comedy. Right. And it was the sort of, yeah, the clean, non-cursy version mm-hmm. that really got him famous. That's so great. Yeah, he'd be a great center. That's yeah. a great center square. Yeah, he's just a delight. Oh, so good. My center. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like when they do like a two-person square. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm charmed by that. The episode that you recommended with Gilbert Gottfried, the, yeah. the renowned one, I think the, the two, the there's two pairs on that. No, it's not. It's Penn and Teller are a pair. Yeah, they're on that one. And then in separate squares, I don't think they're together. They have the two women that played the moms on Dharma and Greg. Right, yep. Just yep. very much of its time. Yeah, sometimes they'll like put them together and sometimes not. Yeah. But I love when there's like a pair. Um I'm just kinda of, I'm just kind of charmed by it. And yes. I thought that Abby Jacobson and Alana Glazer from Glazer from uh Broad City would be an incredible center square. Yeah. Um they would be. Just because like A, they're high energy, B, they're super fun, mm-hmm. C, they're hilarious, and D, uh, it's my list, so I wanted. <laughs> that's, that's who I want. wanted. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought they'd be great as mm. like an anchor for all these like really funny people, um, because I'm also like super excited about the new seasons of Broad City, and I'm just like, oh my god, I hadn't even thought about a new season of Broad City coming out. When is that happening? Uh, I don't know exactly when it's coming out, but I know they're working on it, so it's either in production or going to be out in the immediate future. Excellent. Yes. So that's that's Hollywood Squares. That's that's 2018 Hollywood Squares if we had anything to do about it. Yeah, which we don't. Which yeah, but, but maybe like, give us a couple years. Yeah. We'll get this off the ground more and uh <laughs> we'll get some sponsorships. Once this podcast really takes off. Yeah, we're Producing just un- po- Hollywood Squares reboot is the next logical step, I think. Yeah. Oh, to me that's the end game. Yes. That's like all of these projects are just ways to get a little bit closer to rebooting Hollywood Squares. Yeah, so that's our uh, Hollywood Squares cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've been excited by this, as I would have been if I heard this, uh, please send us your cast. Tweet us. Uh, what's our Twitter thing? At L-O-L-U-R-G-A-Y-P-O-D. There you go. You are L-O-L-U-R-G-A-Pod. Or email us or whatever. All those things are going to be at the end of the episode. I yep. don't want to put Lisa on the spot too much for <laughs> what are all our ideas? Because I don't know. Our ideas, I have no <laughs> idea what they are. How many times can I spell the name of our podcast <laughs> um, so people know? But yeah, send us a list. We would, we'll read your list in the future. We would love to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, or if you have a game show you'd like to reboot. Oh, that's a nice activity too. Yeah, what game show would you reboot? Why would you reboot it? Uh, send us a 500-word essay. <laughs> To our email and uh, with yeah. a cover letter, with a cover letter, yeah, uh, resume ideally, but yeah. you know, whatever it doesn't have to be a traditional resume, it can be whatever, however you want to express yourself, mm-hmm. and uh, send it our way. Yeah, we'd love to see that sort of thing. This was a very fun activity, but it, I will say it is challenging. It's challenging to narrow, to narrow it down, down to yeah. nine people. Oh, I, yeah, I could I could fill fifteen seasons of the show. Yes, like gladly, easily. easily. So before we go. We're gonna do our last of the week. Yes. Would you like to? Uh, would you like to begin? Sure. Or or, sh- or should I? Or should you? Or I I can. I'm I'm ready and able. Great. <laughs> um, I will say that as you know, I had difficulty coming up with a laugh of the week because mm. um, we are recording this on the twelfth of September, 
And I've basically spent the last four days on the internet ranting to people about the intricacies of the rules of tennis right as a result of the u.s open women's final and i yeah it's just been occupying my mind and there's nothing i haven't found anything funny about it so that's um, fair yeah uh but uh the our friends at the baroness von sketch show uh have helped out and i was reminded that uh, they've been um posting some of their new sketches on their social media feeds because Mm. the third season of the in my opinion best sketch comedy show on television right now the baroness von sketch show i would agree is starting up next week uh which will already have happened when you're listening to this episode because the season starts i believe on the 18th of september and this will be going up a couple of days later and you can watch it online i think yeah for free on the the canadian broadcasting corporation uh our national broadcaster um puts them up for free uh, if you live outside of Canada, it airs on IFC in the United States. There you go. Which is nice. So it's accessible. So they've been putting up some new sketches. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one I found, I mean, most of their stuff is very funny. Mm-hmm. This one, I've watched it about three or four times. Still gives me a good laugh. Um, I'm going to play the audio. It's a minute and a half long. Um I guess what you have to know, since you can't see it, uh, well, you can always just go to their Facebook page or their YouTube channel and watch it, but um, the audio is funny enough. I think it'll work. Mm -hmm. Um, We're in a delivery room. Meredith McNeil is playing a character who is in labor um, and not happy about it. (laughs) That's that's how I'll preface what you're about to hear, because it's out of context would sound terrible right off the bat. (laughs) line at the very end i don't yeah. it's just so absurd like where did that line even come from i have no idea it's a soba noodle i'm I not a fan of soba noodles so i find it particularly amusing right um yeah meredith mcneil is a, a delight mm-hmm. as is the entire cast of that show but i uh did we mention that i the pride show we've talked about it right i think we talked about it before actually i don't think we talked about like once you had actually done it Okay. Yeah. Well, I have a quick little tidbit, yeah. little anecdote. So I had the uh, immense pleasure of getting to somehow open for uh, Carolyn Taylor, who's one of the other Baroness cast members uh, at the Halifax Pride Comedy Show. Um, 
she gave uh, a remarkable performance uh, that we can't possibly even no, describe no. Uh, verbally, uh, <laughs> to be quite honest. Um, but during the intermission, uh, Meredith McNeil was in the in town. Um, so she and Susan Kent, who's on this hour's 22 minutes, they came backstage. And I should have prefaced this by saying that the week before, my mother, who lives in Cape Breton, was doing a fundraiser for something, and they were collecting money at the gro- the one grocery store in Bedeck. And Meredith McNeil was in Bedeck and stopped mm. by. And my mother recognized her from the show and said that she was a fan. And I, I don't know if she mentioned the comedy show because she couldn't remember which one of them was performing. Right. Uh, but the, the my mother and the other women who were there got, all got their picture taken with Meredith. And my mother sent me the picture and I was like this is so this like a celebrity encounter in Bedeck mm-hmm. Nova Scotia is uh, quite quaint anyway f- flash forward a week and during the intermission she comes backstage and she's like as bubbly and energetic as you could imagine based on her performances on Baroness Von Sketch like she was just exuding and uh, so much energy and was talking to all of her friends because she knew everybody else on the show except for me right um so eventually she came over and introduced herself, and I said, I'm I'm Lisa. You met my mother at the grocery store in Bedeck, <laughs> and immediately it was like we were best friends. She gave me this big hug. Oh, my gosh, we have to get a picture for your mom. And it was, it was a very, very delightful experience to That's get really to sweet. meet those folks. Yeah, that show was great. Oh, it was so, so funny. It was so weird, but, like, that, there was a final performance that, again, we can't really explain, but... Yeah. It, yeah. If it was, you get a chance, go check that out. Yeah. If it happens again. Maybe it won't ever happen again. I don't again. know if it will. I don't know. I mean, I guess we can say it was figure skating choreography. Yeah. But for pairs. <laughs> and she did it by herself. By herself. And I could, and I've talked to other people who are figure skating fans about it after the fact, mm-hmm. who said I could visualize what she was. Right. <laughs> like she had put so, so much true genuine thought into this program mm-hmm. that yeah people who are fans could relate very deeply to what she was yeah performing i love that it was something else it's a special moment <laughs> that wasn't unfortunately was not captured on video i've not seen a single clip no there's some photographs but yeah it's uh right one of those ephemeral things you, you we had to be there and thankfully we were thankfully we were <laughs> Um, I was also thankful recently uh, my for, for what I got to witness. I was watching TV. Um, I got to get new hobbies because I, every story or anecdote I have is I was watching TV one day and. But um, I was watching TV one day and um, there was a uh, uh, Beanie Baby collection being appraised. Is this on Antiques Roadshow or something? Uh, I believe it was on the hit Annie television show, Storage Wars. Although I didn't know that they um, appraised things on oh, Storage yes. Wars. I've never watched it. They dig through the things. Yeah. They dig through the lockers. And then they take. They find, like, usually find, like, one thing that's like, ooh, i got to get this checked out, this see what it's worth. Value. And then they yeah. go to some expert, quote, expert, <laughs> um, and then <laughs> they get a value for it. Okay. Um, so this this... These people on the show found like tubs and tubs and tubs and tubs of Beanie Babies. <laughs> and they took them to this Beanie Baby expert 
which is, shouldn't be a thing anymore. Or it's like a very old-fashioned yeah. term. Uh, <laughs> a, beanie, a Beanie Baby expert. But anyway, um, they take him to this Beanie Baby expert, and they lay it out, and he's like, so back in the day um, when this was worth something. 1999. Uh, back in 1999, uh, this collection, uh, because there's some really rare stuff here, would have been worth $35,000. Wow. And today, it's worse. So then the little ticker on the bottom goes to thirty-five thousand, and they're like, "Oh my god, gold mine!" And then he's like, "But actually, today the market has depreciated." I'm like, "Obviously, we don't need this preamble. Just tell us how much yeah. money it is." And now they're only worth twenty-five hundred dollars. Oh. So they depreciated thirty-three thousand dollars since they were worth money. And I Uh. had a good laugh at that because when I was a kid, I didn't play with toys. I like owned them, Mm -hmm. but like I was like, oh, this will be worth money. And it wasn't just Beanie Babies. Like it was like all my belongings. I was like, I got to save this for when I'm in my 20s and I want to be a millionaire. It's worth something. And newsflash, I'm not a millionaire. It didn't work out. My millennium McDonald's. Miniature Beanie Baby <laughs> wasn't the cash cow I was expecting, and they made uh, a lot of those. And they, yeah, I mean, I didn't really think about that at the time, but yeah, they did. So, well, so I'm I, fascinated to hear this story. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, I have never watched Storage Wars, and now having heard of this episode, I need to go and call my mother because <laughs> I'm now wondering if my parents were on an episode of Storage Wars. <laughs> Um, because around that time, 1999, turn of, turn of the century, mm-hmm. um, not my mother, not my younger sister so much, a little, she was interested in them, my father mm. and his brother, right. <laughs> two men from rural Cape Breton, middle-aged at the time, became obsessed <laughs> With collecting Beanie yeah. Babies. And my father is an... It, my uncle started it. I don't know how or why. <laughs> the ball got rolling. And then my father, similar to these people on this show, which mm-hmm. is why I'm wondering if it might be them. And they're just <laughs> keeping it a secret from me. Um, he's an accountant. Right. So his justification for this was, it's an investment. <laughs> but late at night, he's just... Here, hop, hop. Here, <laughs> puppy, puppy. Here, here, here. Possible. I, you can't I see the mime. I never caught him playing with them. <laughs> but we had the tag protectors you on. You gotta have them. You gotta have the tag protectors. What if that tie tag got bent? Gotta Adam, get what the happen? tag protectors. <laughs> no value. No value if the tag is bent. We had all the tag protectors. My father and my uncle learned how to use eBay. Right. So they could buy Beanie Babies on the auction. <laughs> Had to get that Britannia bear. Oh, my God. Oh. So hard to come by the Britannia bear. <laughs> Got to get it. If you have... $100. If someone out there has a has a line on one of those bears, send us a message. We have a buyer. Well, we have the tubs of Beanie Babies still at my parents' house. <laughs> we should auction them off. I might get a few bucks. <laughs> we'll pay for the cab ride home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It's funny. I, yeah, no, I think I'm similar to you as well, though. And I think that it's the same tendency that my father and uncle were exhibiting, which mm-hmm. was a, a tendency toward collecting. And I, for me, it was Star Trek figurines. Right. I had boxes of them still in the packaging. Yeah. And used that same justification. Someday... I'm going to need the cash, maybe? I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> so the, this is an investment. I'm mm-hmm. going to keep them in good condition, and later they will appreciate in value. Maybe some things have. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. I don't keep up. Because I am so obsessed with Star Trek, I'm never going to part with this stuff. Right. I love it. <laughs> I love stuff. I really li- I like stuff. Oh. Maybe stuff... I try not to, but I am a collector at heart. Well, I mean, I think maybe we found a future episode because just mm. stuff. Because stuff. I'm like I'm I'm a big stuff person and I'm trying to become a less of a stuff person, but as am I. We oh, are at it's this very stage hard. in life, I guess. Or maybe it's a cultural thing that's happening. This yeah. emphasis on minimalism and I don't know what don't it all know. is all about, but um yeah, there's there's definitely a conversation to be had yeah. about our I'm not a hoarder, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> that sounds good. I don't have a therapist, so this is what this is what this is for me. Ditto. Yeah. See you next time <laughs> on Hoarder Storage War podcast. <laughs> you can listen to LOL You're Gay on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. If we're not in your favorite podcast app, please let us know and we'll try to make it happen. You can find us online on Instagram and Twitter at LOLYourGayPod. That's spelled L-O-L-U-R-G-A-Y-P-O-D. And on Facebook.com slash LOLYourGayPod. And if you would like to get in touch with us via email, you can do that at LOLYourGayPod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Now please enjoy This Week in Royalty Free Music.
I'm holding my intestines in my hands. <laughs> <laughs>